Let's go talk about Michigan State and Western at the woodshed. What's going to happen in that game? Graham Couch, Couch of the Root Podcast, like I mentioned. Uh, great Twitter feed, uh, has strong opinions. He's standing by on the Meyer guest sign. And, you know, we go from the last time we watched this team play a game where they were ugly but found a way to win against Pitt in the Peach Bowl to a Western team that is well-coached on a Friday night uh, in Michigan. What do you think is going to happen in that game, Graham? You know, it's uh, it's, it's a good question. I, I don't see this as a game that's likely to be an upset. Uh, you know, I covered Western Michigan a number of years. I've seen upsets both ways and from a mid-major vantage point and the, and the high-major vantage point. And there's a formula for it. And um, I, I don't think it exists here. I mean, it really takes a dynamic quarterback and a playmaker, usually in the passing game, a receiver that's a problem, and then a team like Michigan State to be limited offensively. And, you know, it's, all, it's possible all that exists, but you got a redshirt freshman quarterback on Western Michigan side. You, two straight years had a second-round NFL draft pick at receiver and I, I don't know that Crooms sort of stepping into that role is, is quite there. Uh, you know, we'll see. And, and then I think Michigan State's going to have enough offensively that it's, it's hard to keep pace. Like, I think Western, with a really good defense and a good running game, will do very well in the MAC. Um, but that's a hard formula to pull an upset like this. What are three things you're looking for from Michigan State against Western in their opener? Well, I... I'm looking at that offensive line because I don't think there's anything you'll be able to say definitively good about it. Like you're not going to be able to come out of this game and say they're going to be able to run the ball against Washington and Wisconsin. But if they struggle to get a push or struggle to protect Peyton Thorne with a group that's had some turnover, that's got a little different makeup, um, that becomes a real concern for the season. And as Xavier Henderson said, they'll go as far as the offensive line takes them. So that. That sort of start. There can be warning signs there. Um, you know, I, I want to see how what these wep- what this offense looks like. How you know, with all these weapons, are there guys who really emerge as problems? Of you know, f- for the defense with Peyton Thorne under center, does he get off to a quick start? Does he look sharp and and uh, poised? And because what, what I don't know. You know about this team. What I'm looking to see also is do they have guys who are real playmakers on both sides of the ball? Like you look at, um, you know, one of the things Mel Tucker said about a year ago is to compete at the very highest level. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, places that he has been an assistant. You've got to have three or four real playmakers, guys that are problems on each side of the ball. And you know, Michigan State had one of those in Kenneth Walker last year, and I don't know that they've got anybody at that level. But is Jaden Reed, somebody who has taken his game to another level in terms of getting separation as well. And, um, you know, is that backfield formidable? Uh, you know, do they have guys on defense like Amir Speed, the, the transfer from Georgia, or on that defensive line, which I think the interior line will be, will be pretty strong? Do they have guys who really force the opponent to scout and, and plan for them? And, um, or do they just have a lot of pretty good depth? And I don't think we know that yet. Graham Couch, opinion maker from the Lansing State Journal, Couch of the Rube podcast, claimed another Couchy. It's an award to great pod, uh, podcasters <laughs> and podcasts. So uh, good listen there, talking Michigan State football. 
Uh, Mel Tucker, uh, I heard his radio show on Wednesday night. Uh, real comfortable, sounds real confident, what you need from a leader, building incredible depth. The transfer portal has been so good to him. So splash names beginning with the Western game uh, from the transfer portal that helped Michigan State win in week one and throughout the season. Well, I, I think it begins with, you know, th- those two running backs is, you know, Berger, Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard. And, you know, I mean, those those are likely going to be the, the two featured guys. And either together or one of them, you know, are they um, are they guys who are difference makers? Are they guys who can get something out of nothing? Are they guys that you really have to open a hole for them to get theirs? And, you know, that was part of the problem at the end of the D'Antonio era and even uh, maybe the first year of, of Mel Tucker is they didn't have guys who could, who could just make something out of a, a crease or something when there wasn't a ton there. So we'll find that out. You know, uh, there's some guys, Amir Speed, certainly Brule, the linebacker. There's some there's some transfers on defense uh, that I'm that I'm you know eager to see. Uh, Daniel Barker, the tight end uh, from the Illinois transfer, is part of what I think is a much improved tight end room that'll give Jay Johnson a chance to do some other things. So there are, there are a number of guys who are going to play important roles right away. Mel Tucker, a ten-year contract, ninety-five million. The depth he's building, the facilities, the boosters, the Evergreen, the collective. When it comes to name, image, and likeness, you know, I'm really trying to find a negative right now on the program and be objective, uh, Graham, and, and searching for it. But I, I just don't see one outside of wondering what your secondary, which was the worst in college football, looks like, uh, beginning with the Western game, but. What he has done, uh, his coaching staff, uh, everything top to bottom, uh, well done uh, by Mel Tucker in less than three years. Yeah, it's been, you know, there really isn't something you can point to right now. I mean, the the recruiting uptick and the types of guys they are uh, getting, you know, pledges from. And, you know, the um, if you look at sort of maximizing who they are on the field last year, I thought that was impressive in, in times where they weren't necessarily the pound for pound better team for sure the way they finished games and even in November you know that was a team that uh, had some depth issues and struggled at Purdue and then got pounded by Ohio State and looked a little bleak and found a way to beat Penn State found a way to win the bowl game and end the season on such a high note like there's a lot of competence that seems to be going on there and that's um, that's a really important and there's a lot of buy-in. So, yeah, there's no doubt it, it, it's been impressive. I think, you know, there will be some adversity this year that they'll be forced to handle in different ways. Playing Ohio State earlier, I think there are a number of games on the schedule that, again, could go either way. And um, and they hit pretty much in a hurry starting with that, that game at Washington uh, on September 17th. So, um, you know, they'll be tested, again, the staff and, and, and the group they put together. But, you know, and I don't think taking a step forward necessarily requires winning 11 games or 10 games again. I think it's one of those things you sort of know when you see it. Are they able to have this much turnover on the offensive line and that group looks looks competent? Um, are you uh, you know able to get the most out of what you have offensively? Um, does the defense take a step forward, especially that secondary, and you start to see a, a plan there? And so I, I think... You know, if that winds up being an eight or nine win season, but a lot of those questions are answered. The 
you know, there's sort of two parallel tracks right now with the program. There's the one where you win 11 games and that excites everybody and it sort of changes expectations and assumptions. And then there's the real track, which is the type of recruits they're getting and that sort of thing. And, and those kids have barely arrived, if any. Some of those kids are, most of those kids aren't coming in for a whole another year. And so you have to keep that in mind. And so they're, there's a, a more sustainable build uh, besides, you know, the game where you you manage the, the year where you manage to beat Michigan when you're outplayed for part of that game, or you, um, you know, things go well for you in certain games because they won't always go well. So I, I don't think the wins there's a, there's a baseline of wins certainly, but I don't think getting to double digit wins again is necessarily reflective or important to the trajectory of things. My my gut, from an outside viewpoint looking in, my huge opinion remains that I, I think he's building a national power. I really do. I, I don't see anything to derail it. And, you know, the depth, uh, the reloading, uh, the fact that I can kind of look at this team right now that went 11-2, and two, right, and won the Peach Bowl, that and, and they – he hasn't lost to Michigan yet. It'll be interesting how the fans, how, how they react to that when that first loss comes. But I think they're a better football team right now than they were a year ago. And a year ago, a lot of people were hoping they could just, you know, get to a bowl game. And then we watched how they finished. I, Like I said, I, I think this it's still a work in progress. But he is building a college football machine in East Lansing. Yeah, it, it feels that way. Um, and you know the, the the question will remain. You know we'll see what the recruiting class looks like in in December, and are they able to keep recruiting at, at a level that they haven't before? Um, but certainly, Mel Tucker looks like a guy who is uh, built for this era. Uh, connects well with kids, uh, knows how to put a good staff together, knows what he likes there. Lots of different types of people on his staff. Uh, lots of Again, competence. I think in a lot of different places, isn't afraid to make a move to to change out good for what he thinks can be great, like they did uh, in, in the defensive line and on the staff bringing in Marco Coleman, uh, you know, and, and and Brandon Jordan, and, and sort of two guys that they think can change the pass rush situation for them. So I think um, you know, there, there's no doubt he and he's been places where he's just seen it. He knows what it takes. And um, so we'll, we'll see if he can. At Michigan State, frankly, you can tell that the 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 donor base, the athletic department, people sense the opportunity and don't want to let it go by. And so the resources are are, are being put into uh, to give him a shot. Graham Couch, you can follow Michigan State uh, football season long, Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Room uh, podcast. Joining us on the Meyer guest line, Meyer, proud to be longtime partners. With Michigan State University Athletics. Enjoy the game, Graham. Look forward to our next conversation. Look forward to it. Take care, Bill. Right, Graham Couch joining us on the huge show across Michigan.